Welcome, and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast, where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Richard and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. Hello, everyone. We're back. We're back. <clears throat> How are you feeling today? I'm feeling. Oh, what do you mean? You asked how I'm feeling. I'm feeling. That's I know. It. That's, that's abnormal. No, I'm feeling... I guess normal would be the word. I'm oh, feeling okay. normal. Okay, that's good. I'm feeling pretty good. No, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Doing well. Good. Good. I didn't. I did I did that. It's the same. You're still making noise. <laughs> it's not the same. Well, just like last time we recorded, there is a storm going on outside. So in case you hear that in the background, we know that you can probably hear a little bit of it, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So last week, we were talking about pursuing careers. Okay. And we stopped at the decision to only have my salary as a classroom teacher so that you could go to school full time. Mm-hmm. It's getting real now. Yes. So with that, it just left us with a lot of questions about how to make it work. Because as I said last week, teachers do not make bank. And so trying to function in a, in a, trying to function and keep our selves above water with just a teacher's salary was difficult and Mm -hmm. that required that we made some tough yet necessary decisions yep yep but do you want to elaborate on that yeah i mean one of the decisions we had to make because at the time i was teaching in norfolk and we were living in norfolk but the cost of living in norfolk as I said before, we couldn't afford, I, I mean, if I was, if it was just me, I wouldn't have been able to afford the apartment we were living in mm-hmm. at the time, plus car payments, insurance, and, you know, utilities, all that jazz with just my salary. Mm-hmm. So we had to, you know, really sit down and discuss what corners we were going to have to cut in order to make it work so like a reoccurring theme i hear when we talk is we sit down and talk a lot yeah we do so we talked about corners to cut and worst case scenario yeah like if it got to the absolute worst case what are we willing to do to not necessarily to make it but just what are we willing to do because it's not like anyone's gonna die we just be very uncomfortable right and we that is another reoccurring theme for us like having to come to grips with being uncomfortable (laughs) um yeah everything we've ever done to be successful have required that we really look at uncomfortability square in the eyes like we're we're reaching for this goal we're reaching for this thing we could stay comfortable Mm -hmm. Or we could strive for more 
and to get better. Mm-hmm. In which case, we gotta square up to being uncomfortable and. But usually, it's only for a season. That's the good thing. It you may not know exactly how long being uncomfortable is gonna last, but at least, at least so far, it's only lasted, you know, for duration. Even though, in the midst of it, you don't know how long that duration is. Right. So it's very pandemic-like. But I feel like over time we've just gotten used to being uncomfortable. Like when, like at this point in life, when comfort comes, it starts to make us a little uneasy. Yeah. Because yeah. we're like, okay, if I'm getting comfortable, then. I'm not pushing forward. I'm not pushing forward. I'm not, you know, gaining new ground, gaining new ground. I'm not helping something that I should be helping. Like it, it, it becomes a situation where now uncomfortable is the place that feels comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, but in this particular situation, we weren't there yet. And no, not even close. <laughs> the conversations that we had to have were real because, you know, we didn't really have family in the area that we could kind of lean on. Lean on. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We didn't have family that we could lean on in the direct area. So then it just became the question of how uncomfortable are we willing to get? And we got really uncomfortable yeah. in this particular spot because once our lease was up, which if I'm not mistaken was. Like June or July, because I remember we got the lease right when you EAS from the Marine Corps, which was your terminal leave probably started in May. So it had to be like May or June, something around that time frame Mm -hmm. when the lease was up and we had to make the tough choice to wait, wait, before we get there. Oh, sorry. Was I, I was in school at that point. I was first year. Second year? I don't I don't really remember. I think at first you because remember you got three degrees. You started off with just an associates. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out. I think you might have did the associates while working. It's when you started the bachelor's program that you were like, I really need to Go be full time. Yeah, and and I think that's that was the interesting thing because I think. I did the associates. If I'm not mistaken, the associates was in the evening. Yeah. Well, the thing was, I was trying to test the waters, so to speak. I didn't know if this was a a field I wanted to pursue. Right. And I didn't even know if I was going to like the school in mm-hmm. in the way it was set up. So I I went and I got the associates degree, which came fairly quickly Mm -hmm. but then i immediately just rolled right into the bachelor's program and but that required yeah because the associates you did do in the evening yeah well because i was working you were still working but when the bachelor's program opportunity opened up for you um was the baby born yet mm -mm. we still off before we had babies yeah because remember we didn't have children until we moved to hampton Oh, okay. But um, when you were working on the associates, we still had two incomes, so that was not an issue. Mm-hmm. But the bachelor's bachelor's program was when we start had we started to have that tough conversation because it was like all day, like yeah. you had to 
because it was the accelerated program. And wasn't that also um, part of the GI Bill also? Like, um, you had to be, if you wanted the full range of benefits, you had to be full-time or you only got partial right. benefits or something like that. Right, you had to be full-time. Like so, it was, some, it was some other extenuating circumstances that, you know. And with the, with the program of study that you wanted, you couldn't fulfill it all in the evening. Right. They yeah. only had morning classes they had and stuff like that. Only, you only could do it where it was like 8 to 1 o'clock or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Which was tough in itself. Yes. And it's hard to work when you can't. That's the most, that's the work day. That's, yeah, essentially, that's majority of your working day. So, and then after that was, you know, you actually applying what you learned. So it was like, you were there from eight to one with a professor in your face. And then after that. Was studying. Was studying. Paper writing and, and all that stuff. Creating documents and programs and things of that nature. Yeah. So it just wasn't feasible mm-hmm. for you to try to work full time. Or even part-time, even though you did work part-time a little while. A couple of times. Um, But it just wasn't feasible. And by this point, you had finished your master's. Yeah, I had finished with with that and was in the groove of things with teaching. Yep, yep. And so, I think, how far was I into the bachelor's at that point? Midway, quarter? I don't don't think you were that far. It was like right at the beginning of the bachelor's. When we realized you you couldn't do it both, you couldn't have it both ways essentially, and when we had the discussion of we don't we're not going to be able to maintain um, where we were at the time, right? All of the bills that we had, my salary just wasn't enough. Yeah, and even even the the supplement from the GI Bill didn't put us over the top. Right. It it almost made us break even, but it was like. We didn't have anything extra, mm-hmm. which which made it hard for like groceries and things like that, right? On the stuff that fluctuate. And granted, we did you know have that discussion prior to us really you know having to struggle with it mm-hmm. because we you know had some foresight. We could see okay, we were making this amount with this amount of bills. Mm-hmm. Now we're making. Now we're bringing in $700 less, but the bills have not decreased $700. Mm-hmm. And I mean, kudos to budgeting. Right. And so we just, we already, we, we saw it. We were like, this isn't going to work. We're not going to be able to maintain rent and two car payments and all the other bills and gas and all that. Yeah. And I think another thing that needs to be explained is, by the time I got out the military, I was an E5, and that's that's making quite a bit in the way of our lifestyle at the time. Mm-hmm. So we essentially went from, you know, clear, clear and free in the way of we lived on base. Yeah, so there was no housing overhead at all. And then you had a teacher's salary plus my military uh, salary. Mm-hmm. So we were... We were flying high at that point, mm-hmm. and we went from that to almost starting over, right? Essentially, from a from an income perspective, mm-hmm. um, and that was a, that was a big dive, and that was a hard hit to take. Um, well, my salary actually increased because the salary 
in Virginia was more than it was in North Carolina. Oh, but our cost of living went but up But our too. cost of living went way up because we weren't paying rent or anything like that when you were in the military. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was a major hit, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And and even even when you can see the blow coming, it still hurts, mm-hmm. I think is, is one of the big takeaways from this. Um, but yeah, we, we had that conversation um, and we just talked about it in being brutally honest with what we wanted to do didn't want to do mm-hmm. and what we were willing to do which are two or i mean three different very different yes. things right mm-hmm. uh because you have what you what you want to do which is at the time stay where we are and just keep keep going right you have what you didn't want to do which was and you is the proverbial you meaning us yeah and what we didn't want to do was leave you know, and especially since at the time our apartment was like crazy close to the school I was teaching at. Yeah. Like I could walk if I wanted to. Yeah. You know, if I really wanted to. Yeah. I never did, but I could have like a bike ride would have been just as quick as yeah. me driving, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and I wasn't too far from the school I was going to. No, you're so maybe if I was like five minutes from mine, you were maybe fifteen from yours. Yeah, so it was really well centrally it was very located. Very convenient. We liked the neighborhood. We liked the area, so it was a big blow because we really enjoyed being there. The apartment was uh, roomy and spacious because we were able to get, you know, because we even talked about that. Like instead of moving, let's downgrade. The yeah, apartment. we tried to find something cheaper that just kept, everything kept falling yeah. through because we were in that weird gray area where <laughs> that we made area. too much money for certain places and mm-hmm. not enough for others and yeah. it sucks being that in that middle ground yeah and yeah and that and that was always a frustration too when you find the place and you're like oh this is perfect rent wise and they're like mm, sorry no, you make, make too much, much. Like, man like what what do you mean but um so yeah, we talked through all of those things, and that was that was a real uh, interesting conversation because we we both had what we wanted to do, what we were willing to do, but we both also gave suggestions mm-hmm. of, well, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this, and it wasn't until we exhausted all of those options that we made the decision to go back home, right? Uh, which was really 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 tough really tough um just because you know going going back home uh intel conversation with the parents you know and and then on top of that you know we got the conversation with the parents then we have you know how is this going to work you know especially since like for me, it was a it was a big pride thing because I had essentially finished high school and moved out. Right. You know, so. I mean, essentially, I did too. Like, I went home one summer, the summer after freshman year, I went home, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was like after that, we were just out. We were just and we out. We were living and, life. And then we, and then you know, you heard the story up to us getting married, and so now we're married. You know. And we're coming back home. And it's one of those things that, you know, some people would have dealt with, you know, that perception of failure, things like that. I don't know. How did you feel about it? 
I was just going to ask you that. I didn't feel that way. Uh, simply because we moved back home with a purpose and a goal. It wasn't like we were like, oh, we're completely out of options and we don't have, like, we're, you know, down on our luck. Mm-hmm. It was more of this is the best decision for the goals that we have for right now. And we set a goal of only staying one year. And that's exactly what we did. And in that time, I mean, we were able to help out, you know, around the house and things like that. And uh, we, we, I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel that way to me at all. The only frustrating part was we had been living on our own for some years. So we had accumulated you know, stuff. stuff that we had to now either get rid of or find a place to store it, which we did. But, I mean, it was hard not having your stuff mm-hmm. that you had been accustomed to having and using for an entire year. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, we had access to the storage and all of that, but it still was not, like, readily available to us on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, for me, for me, it was just... Um, it wasn't, it wasn't tough because, uh, I'm pretty firm once I come to a decision. Um, I'm really not shakable by public opinion, but, you know, at the same time, it wasn't lost on me that this could be a perceived failure, not necessarily to, to our parents, but to people outside outside of of that, that don't really know, that don't know the the total of the circumstance or why a certain situation has evolved the way it has. Or that want to make up their own stories about why. Yeah. And you know, that's always an issue too. Yeah. And people that take what they see and then craft this beautifully, um, elegant lie, elegant lie, (laughs) Oscar worthy story, um, screenplay. Mm hmm about what happened to the Robinsons and why are they now living back at home? Yeah. They've lost everything. Like, <laughs> no, that's not it. Yeah. And I feel like if we hadn't fully discussed what it was that we were doing, how long we were going to do that for and the purpose behind it all, I probably would have got caught up in my feelings about stuff like that. Even though I, I do distinctly remember talking about like what about what people say but you've always been one of those like no i don't care you know yeah um i was about to say that but if we hadn't had those kind of free and open conversations about it then i might would have been the one that would just have been explaining myself way too much to people who really don't matter and care right right and and i think that that was that was the first part because once once we got to the decision and then we had those conversations and the ball was rolling on it. I was pretty firm mm-hmm. in what it was. And really the, the hard part that I didn't think was going to be so hard was wrapping my mind around the commute. Yes, Lord. That was tough. That was tough. That that, And I was going to say that for me, that was the only really difficult part. Yeah. Because, like I said, especially the, the first the first summer because where we functioned which was Hampton Roads Virginia was an hour and a half ish away from where we were now living yeah 
So that meant every morning we had to wake up super early. Mm-hmm. 4.30, 3.30. To make it to drop you off at school or drop me off at work. Whichever one was and the best for that day. The same thing that afternoon. Pick whoever, whomever up and drive back. And that drive back was a beast because it was just really bad traffic. No matter what time we tried to leave, it was just really bad traffic. Mm-hmm. Which turned an hour and 15 minute, hour 30 minute drive. Sometimes into two and a half hours. So sometimes then like longer. we're waking up in the morning, no later than five to be on the road by six. And then getting back home five, six, seven o'clock. You know, that mm-hmm. that was draining. To still have to grade papers. Right. To still study. have to do the, the school, you know, in college due, mm-hmm. and then the teacher due. Like, we had to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that was really tiring. And then, like, the first summer that we did that, because, like I said, our lease ended early summer. But your classes were were year round. Year round. Mm-hmm. So like I wasn't staying, <laughs> right? You know, in the country, so to speak, while you went to school. So I would ride with you, and drop you off at school, and then I would spend like five hours at Panera, mm-hmm. <laughs> just in there, like with my laptop, you know, planning out stuff for the next school year. Or I think I ended up joining like a little gym. Uh, yeah, but. I think the thing too, the thing that was interesting to me was in the commute was the thing that we hadn't factored in because I hadn't factored in not not only the endurance needed. No, we did. It. We had extensive conversation about it, but it's one thing to talk about it and another completely different thing to actually do it. Yeah, but I also hadn't thought about the vehicle wear and tear. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That drive, gas, mm-hmm. you know, just maintenance on the vehicle, tires, stuff like that. I mean, the car the car we had at the time, which was the car we got, in, if you remember one of the earlier episodes, mm-hmm. um, we lovingly referred to as Betty. Yeah, after the red neon, there we, had, we got Betty. Yeah, and that car, I mean, it held up. It, it was, was a fantastic car. It was car. fantastic. It's like, still to this day probably my favorite car to drive we're both car people yeah um, it was, that car handled like a it was like the best handles on that car yeah, it was it was great i mean it wasn't a red neon but it was it was good in i its mean own at least right. it didn't shoot cds at me when no, i was trying or the, to or the, turn a corner but anyhow or the windshield wipers but it was good in its own way <laughs> i'll say that but, um, yes, the wear and tear on the car was something that we didn't... I mean, we did keep up oil changes and things like that, but you're right. We did not consider that in, in our conversation yeah. as, what, 20, 23, 22-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. It just was like... Oh, oh we'll just drive, and we'll, it'll we'll be fine. Drive. We yeah. have to get up early, and I'm an early person anyway, and you're more of a night owl. So that kind of worked out, but we just didn't consider the wear and tear. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, thankfully, you know... Through a lot of, of grandma's p- prayers, you know, we never broke down. We yeah, never we never had, had any type of road, issue. road incidents or mm-hmm. anything like that, you know, because grandmas and mamas stay on bended knee mm-hmm. for their children. So thanks for that. Right. But um, but yeah, so that was a really that was a really tough moment. And then 
getting past that and you know it pretty much exactly one year if not yeah, sooner we, we really it been stuck to sooner. it with that we're gonna do this for a year which was enough time for us to you know put a little money away and make sure we could handle you know the apartment life again because you weren't quite finished school yet when we did move out yeah yeah um, but but that was also gave us time to reassess our finances because uh when we were in in the area we would still you know sometimes when traffic was tough we would go look for new places yeah. and things like that so um it was one of those things that we used the time wisely to not only just save money but to also reassess reassess what we needed as a couple right. financially you know where we could and couldn't spend money and to really take time to look at our budget and say okay in this new life that we're in we can afford this right and and live at this this particular level yeah which i thought was really really um it turned out to be a really great thing because then when we were looking around at apartments and things like that we could expand our scope because we knew you know near to the penny what we could, what we really could afford, afford and what that and what affording that meant mm-hmm. and so you know that's that's when we found the the townhouse yep in hampton yeah and that was that was that was great um again we were able to go to an area that we already knew uh it was an area that we enjoyed being in. Yes. It was a little further from work and from school, you know. Well, it really wasn't that Herbert. far from school, but it was the, the HRBT, that tunnel that made, you know, I think I was exactly, I, I, I mapped it out one time. It was like less than 15 miles. I know that from my school, but because of the traffic at the tunnels, um, that could turn anywhere from... 15, 20 minutes to an hour and a half. I remember that one time, and I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I was I was pregnant with our oldest, and I was on my way to work, and something happened in the tunnel. And I, I was really di- diligent about getting to work early. I, I, I like to be there early rather than stay really, really late. But um, I remember leaving for work at like 6.45, and something happened in the tunnel and it got all like blocked and I had to use the bathroom so <laughs> bad. And I, I remember not getting to work that day until like 830 and the kids come in the classroom at about that exact same time. Hmm. And I like went around like trying to find somewhere to stop to use the bathroom. I ended up finding um a way to get to like a farm fresh or something going and using the bathroom. <laughs> so I was like, I can't hold it. But yeah. It wasn't that it was that far. It's just the tunnel traffic. Just yeah, just the way it. the roads were laid out yeah. and things in the area. And then, um, so at that point, now we're moved out. We moved out of the parents and then moved into our townhouse. And I'm in school. You're in school. And you rock. eventually. Well, well, you know, school was a whole nother thing, right? Because at this point, you know, I am an adult learner. Yeah. You know, which is usually different. So I'm in school with people a straight lot straight out of high school. Straight out of high school, a lot younger than me. Um, 
I'm coming, I'm approaching it a little differently because I have, you know, some of that military background uh, flowing through me at this point. Mm -hmm. And, and even that was, was fairly challenging, right? Because you got a lot of people, you know, a lot of peers that were either in the military too, or had went to college already and they were already, you know, embarking on that career journey. And I'm just starting, you know, in, in this, in this secondary phase of life, um, in, in my undergrad and then the, the area of choice, you know, going into, you know, technology as a, as a chosen profession when I wasn't overly exposed or exposed to technology outside of a video game console, you know, coming up. So, yeah, we definitely didn't have that like uh, overbearing us in high school yeah i mean i honestly learned how to type on a typewriter yeah as like a ninth grader yeah you you, know you know so we had computers but it was typing class and we used typewriters (laughs) yeah exactly so so that was that was interesting too you know in my generational tone you know dealing dealing with that that was a interesting hurdle to to jump up against and you know finding ways to excel and it became really important and something I want to, you know, call out and and thank you for is helping me understanding my learning styles. Oh, in the words of Yvonne Orji, me, a whole me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause that became, that that became pretty critical because like all through high school, you know, high school was pretty easy for me. And, you know, I could excel whenever I chose to. Yeah, when you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, but in in college, it was a little, not more difficult. It's just that the things that they were asking for, you know, that academic rigor was setting in. And, and couple that with a subject matter that I'm wholly new to. Yeah, you're completely green. Yeah, it was really, it was a really... Uh, some some of the classes were a real struggle, but I think in understanding my learning styles, I started to use that to my advantage. Yeah. So, you know, I would go to a professor's office hours and ask very pointed questions because you helped me realize that I can learn or I retain things really well auditorily as an auditory learner, mm-hmm. you know, and just understanding those things or doing things like taking notes and then reading them out loud so I can hear myself. So you can hear yourself you know? say it. Yeah, so those became great ways to study for quizzes, things like that, that I think really helped me excel. And then the the other thing where I think I want to call out how working together is really important is how we, you know, even though we didn't have a ton of money, you know, we got that first compact Persario laptop. Yeah. If you remember that thing. I do thing. remember that. It that was th- like a monster. Yeah, that thing weighed a ton. <laughs> um, but having that, you know, even though we didn't have a ton of funds, getting that, you know, and working together, you know, under, for the betterment of the good, of the group, you know, and and then you giving me the space to just sit and study and read and study mm-hmm. and try and study, you know, and I'm messing around on this laptop 
for hours and hours on end, I think gave me a particular kind of advantage that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Um, and not even not even with or without kids, I don't even think that's as big of a factor in this particular case because I was so new to the subject area that I would spend hours being completely lost. Right. <laughs> You're like looking at it like, I don't even know what I just read. Yeah, and sometimes studying the wrong thing, like mm-hmm. wholly the wrong thing. So I think um, I think those two things are two of the biggest call-outs because that, that support uh, is undeniably the, the foundation of my current success. Well, that's very sweet of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to acknowledge it but it's another to accept the help too like the fact that you know i could take your paper and chop it up and be like "Uh, uh-uh, this is trash and you would look at me like what i spent all day and i'm like no this is incoherent and then you would look no at me mercy. like i can't i can't what do no, you mercy. Mean? <laughs> no mercy no mercy no mercy i mean I, I never said it was trash but yeah i'll never forget the first time i asked you to proofread a paper and the first thing you said to me after you read it was is this your free writing brainstorming part? And me knowing the processes of writing a paper, I was like, no, nah, I thought this was my first draft. Like, I, was like, I thought it was okay to maybe turn it in. And, I'm like, oh. And then you pulled out that red pen. I never use red. Whatever color. <laughs> I had alien papers because that blue ink, green ink, all them, uh, what's them pens you like, those big? Uh, I like flare pens. Those gel pens or whatever oh yeah the gel pens but my, yeah my paper used to just be diced up but you never like every now and then you would get mad or frustrated but we usually were able to work through it and then once i explained it to you like no this makes more sense here and then you'd be like oh i see i see i see mm-hmm. so you were you were a good pupil as well yeah yeah in that area for those things because i mean if you gave me a paper completely technical i wasn't as helpful I could just check for like proofreading mistakes, but mm-hmm. the content I really couldn't help you with that. Yeah, but I, but I, I, I am thankful for it because again, that's that's a that's another benefit a lot of people don't have and or don't take advantage of. Right. Like I did, very wholly recognize that one you already had your master's degree, so I was like, that means she has at least gone through the academic process a couple of times and then two you were a a full-time teacher right so I was like it would kind of be ridiculous of me not to take advantage of this resource I have at home yeah I read my fair share of people's papers in college too and helped people out with you know syntax and grammar and all Mm -hmm. that jazz Mm -hmm. I did have one story um, to backtrack just a tad bit because this story kind of makes me giggle in the moment it wasn't funny but when we lived in when we lived with our parents and we had to drive one of the another thing that we did not consider was the fact that the weather one and a half hours away is very different oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that was another thing that we didn't even consider Mm-mm. just to backtrack real quick because it, because it was one time where where we were, it was snowing mm-hmm. to the point where we had to get up and leave like earlier than we normally would mm-hmm. in order to safely get to where we were going. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't snowing at all <laughs> where, where, where we were, we're going. going. Mm-hmm. So about halfway, it kind of was like, okay, now we're good. 
But that was frightening because mm-hmm. we're like, you know, normally we would leave at six. We had, we're leaving at five. It's still pitch black outside. We mm-hmm. got snow coming at us. Mm-hmm. Super hard, super fast. Roads are slick. Mm-hmm. But what do we do? We right. had, we got to get there. It's not snowing there. Mm-hmm. And then the other time, you know, there was a hurricane coming. Mm-hmm. And we waited and waited, and I was listening to the news, and they never canceled school. And so we finally get on the road. We're like, all right, we're going to go. Again, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. There was no indication of any kind of hurricane where we were. Mm -mm. The closer we got, the more treacherous it became. Yeah, it's like that movie Twisters. And we get all the way through the tunnel. And and then we... They closed school. And then they closed school. Yeah, I remember that too. We we essentially driven the hour and a half. We drove an hour and twenty five. Like we were about five minutes away yeah. from my school when they said no school, no school. And we were just looking at each other like, now we gotta drive an hour and a half back <laughs> because we ain't gonna get stranded out here in these right. streets. <laughs> Basically. Basically. But that, again, just to backtrack, because I thought of that after we had moved on, but I was like, yeah. That was something else we didn't consider because the hour and a half weather difference is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's emotionally draining too. Cause, yeah. Because we enjoy being in the car together, but when you hit day four <laughs> of that drive, you still love the person, but you're just tired. Yeah, you're now three hours in the car every day. Yeah. And that's taxing. At least three hours. At Most least. days it was more than that, yeah. especially. The commute in was it was usually about an hour and a half without it's any the kind one of hiccup. Coming back, it's the one coming back after having worked all day yep. and been in school all day, yep. and now you're stuck in the car for two, sometimes three hours. Like it was a few times that I remember we didn't make it back until eight. Yeah, and we're walking in like uh, <sighs> shower, shower. eat a little bit or maybe we i don't know i don't know if we stopped on the way or what but shower bed essentially and then wake up do it again and that was tiring yeah that school year was that was was exhausting yeah it was it was was exhausting exhausting. but um i think you know in hampton and me finishing up my bachelor's Mm -hmm. and and really the thing that was really amazing about that was I had, I had done so well and made such a good impression that the university decided decided that they would hire me. Yep. So that really was the, like a big stepping point for us because I had my degrees, you had finished your degree. My, my undergrad. Cuz I still point. remember the day you called me and told me I was teaching at the time. And it was, I mean, it was at the end of the day, it was like right at dismissal time, but I knew you had had the interview that day. And so I kind of kept my phone on the top of my desk. And as soon as I saw your name pop up, I called the teacher across the hall. I was like, come in here. I got to answer this one. And, um, you told me that you had gotten a job and I stood in that hallway and cried. I was like, oh my gosh, we worked up so hard for this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it was, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we had sacrificed a lot in that year, mm-hmm. a lot. Like we weren't hanging out on the weekends. We were bone tired. Like it was not a joke and mm-hmm. I am not a sleep 
in kind of girl, Mm-mm. I was sleeping in those those years yeah. that, for that year yes. for those weekends because I was just exhausted. Yeah, that was that was that was the time that really gave me a hardcore appreciation for Saturdays and yeah. Sundays. Because I mean, it was it was tiring. So then, you know, you got that job because we had already moved back to hampton at that point yeah we were in Hampton. but at this point. it was still we were still tight you know yeah. it was it wasn't easy by any means no. we could afford and pay for everything that we owned but there was it nothing. was tight there weren't there wasn't extra no there's nothing new and we're not eating out and not nearly at all right you know and, very rarely and even even trips you know not like big trips but you know just some of the local stuff to mm-hmm. do. We weren't really doing it. We used to walk to the mall yeah, that was up the street and, or walk on the to weekend. The GameStop or <laughs> yeah, because it was even. Not... Or we go to the beach because that was a a free ride essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, take a couple towels out there. Yep. And... But even then, you know, conserving fuel and things like that was a concern. Mm-hmm. So that's why we we start walking because we're like, oh, we need to save you know the three gallons for yeah. the, for the drive because. We had the bad traffic to always deal with. Right. So you never knew how much gas you were going to use on any given day. Right. Or any given, yeah, any given week, which mm-hmm. was became a big budget mm-hmm. issue. So, yeah, we were really pinching pennies at the time and saving up quarters and dollars. And yeah. So when you night. got that job, I was legit like, whew, okay, we sacrificed and here's the payment. Thank you, Jesus. We, we know you hear us mm-hmm. and you are rewarding our efforts. Yep. And and then, and, and then, that was your real first real technical job. job in like a really technical field. Yeah, and that that kind of was like the, I mean, you had a little bit of stuff like graphic design work, but that's not the same. But mm. this one was a real like okay technical position mm-hmm. where you can show what you know, learn a little bit, you know, continue your personal growth. Mm-hmm. And and improve processes, which is what you did on your own there, yeah. without being coaxed and, or and that's prompted. What, and that was funny, you know. In in talking about careers and and education, that was really interesting because it was my first technical job, but I still had that hunger to learn. Mm-hmm. Like I was still a student, so I was still doing the work and still pushing myself to learn at the same pace mm-hmm. that I had started to grow near the end of my degree mm-hmm. and um, that ended up creating some opportunities for me um, but to you know stay on topic you know that's what then you know started the conversation around well should I get my master's right because and it all kind of worked out like divinely if I'm honest that's what I always thought it was because you were working there they were trying to launch a master's program. Everyone already knew you and knew you to be a rock star student. So they were like, what better student to get as mm-hmm. one of the inaugural members of this master's program than someone that we already know is going to be successful because he's proven that already. <laughs> right, right, right. And and it was really interesting uh, watching that whole process evolve. And then, you know, even though... I was an employee and a great student. I still had to go through that ori- original selection process, mm-hmm. which was pretty rigorous mm-hmm. because they wanted to pick a 
they wanted to have their first cohort be one that they could trumpet as a success. Right. So they were really, exactly. really stringent on who was getting in and things like that. So it was like two essays and something else mm-hmm. and something else. And, and it was funny because, you know, I've never been a great junkie, as, yeah. so to speak. So all through my, <laughs> all through my academic career, um, the only grades I cared about were D's and F's. Right. So C and above, I was coasting. But you never really got D's and F's. In no, your... n- not in high school or college. Right. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that you know sometimes when you're not concerned with it, it was my litmus test to stay aware right Right. and not get lazy right but um one interesting story is uh somebody used to always you know different classmates in my undergrad would randomly ask you know oh what grade did you get in so-and-so's class or whatever and i was like i don't know i just know i didn't fail and they were like what do you mean you don't know yeah well how do you know that and i was like because uh the the one of the guys in the finance department would show up at the door if you fail the class and you'll call you out like, mm-hmm. oh, come over here real quick. And uh, I watched a bunch of people <laughs> disappear when he come to the door. And uh, his name was Tyreek. And I was like, well, Tyreek ain't never come to the door and call my name. So I know I didn't. I know I passed the class. And then um, periodically when I would look and a lot of times you would look, you know, it was like a I was like a B most of yeah, the way most- through. I mean, your master's program, I don't think you got a B. I think no. it was all A's. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you never got any C's. No. It was mostly A's. I'm, I'm sure you were, no, 100% were dean's list because you got the letters in the mail. Yeah, yeah, I got every, the letters. Every whatever semester. semester. Whatever. But, um, but uh, yeah, you never, but you didn't ever really care what your grades were. No. But you did always get it an A or a B, mostly A's. Well, I, I really, I really just attribute that to doing the work, and I felt like if I'm doing the, the work, work, then I should get the grade. Right, I should get the grade that I earn, and that should be an A. That's most why of the time. I felt too. But that's why I also, I digress a little here. But that's why I had an issue with the one college professor who refused to give A's because no one was perfect. And he gave everyone that should have earned an A an A minus. <laughs> and it jacked up my GPA. I hear you. I hear you. And and so that that was really interesting, too. And And by this point, you know, I'm feeling way more confident because I finished my undergrad. I had a job in the industry. And you now, were ready to rock and roll. Yeah, baby. and now moving on to this master's degree was just the natural stepping stone. Even though, like everything else, we had that conversation mm-hmm. about it. We talked about what it would entail, you know. And then by that time, you know, we were expecting. Yeah. So I think that was a very interesting point in our life. But that that ability to support each other, I think, is what made even the difficult parts bearable and it was never like a situation where i must be the breadwinner like that never yeah there was no ego there wasn't that's exactly the right way to put it there was no ego Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we were we've just been a team and that's just the way it functions like no there isn't no he's not working it's we are working and we are going to school right like it's not i'm working he's not Mm -mm. we're working we're going to school. Mm-hmm. We have some goals we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I think that that idea of skill share. Right. 
is is a really powerful one because you have a set of skills that I don't, but I was able to leverage those to help mm-hmm. me progress forward. Yep. And vice versa. Yep. And and that being able to lean on each other when it's applicable and no one person is using the other as a crutch. Right. Is one of those things that keep us constantly seeing eye to eye because we are equals. Right. And we're equals not only just, you know, academically or financially, but in the ability to lean or be leaned on. Right. You know, we we can help distribute the weight of the mm-hmm. family yep. across, you know, two sets of shoulders instead of it all being on one set of shoulders. Yep. So I think that's a, a really powerful thing and, and it's been critical to our 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 success. 100%. as Not only as a family, but our financial success and yeah. all of those things, too. Absolutely. We're like a puzzle. You know, all the pieces are different. But you got to put them all together to make the picture. Mm-hmm. Your crazy matches my crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Your genius matches my smart. Oh, that's what you want to go with. <laughs> I'm, I'm with that. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, this was fun. Yep. It's always fun to take strolls down memory lane and really talk about it. Because in the midst of it, you don't talk about it like this. You talk about it, but retrospectively, you can really look at it and... Oh, yeah, that was nice, you mm-hmm. know. And see the good in it. Yeah. Because going through it, driving towards a hurricane to take you to work <laughs> when you know it should be closed is one of those things where, you know, intellectually, you like, that's dumb. Right. But if they never call it and you have a responsibility. Yeah. And you want your paycheck and. Well, just about, yes, yeah, wanting the paycheck, but you have a commitment and a responsibility. And when we made the decision to move, the decision included, even though we hadn't thought about it, (laughs) (laughs) driving in really treacherous weather conditions. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's all good stuff. And and all of those moments just, I think, gave us character and and just really added to our relationship because this this history is something fun to look at together periodically. Absolutely. Well, we've had fun again. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your support. Yeah. Don't forget to rate, review, and comment. And subscribe. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>